so excited to meet you. <laughs> I'm so excited to meet you too, my beautiful sister. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I am great. I am wonderful. Okay, so let's take a breath and then we will begin. <laughs> so just to let you know, before I get into the podcast, Goddess Sarah, Spirit told me to just, because I, I started reading your new book, and I'm so excited about it. Actually, no, let this be a part of the podcast. Let me just begin. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Goddess Temple podcast. I am Abiola Abrams, and I am thrilled to introduce you to today's guest, or actually not introduce you because I am certain with her <laughs> the profound body of work that she has that you are familiar with her. But let me tell you a little bit about my goddess sister who is here with us today. Goddess Sarah Prout is an international best-selling author, manifestation guru, and host of the Manifest podcast. She's been named the Manifestation Guru by Cosmo Magazine. And Sarah went from living on welfare as a single mother in Australia to creating a successful seven-figure company. Over the last decade, this queen has inspired millions of people with her words on emotional empowerment, intuitive wisdom, and heart-based healing. And I believe that in my soul that is for that reason that Spirit today gave me an initiative and said that, you know, although this was supposed to be a private podcast conversation, just open it up to my circle, see who wants to show up for this private conversation that the rest of the world won't get until May so that you can bask in the Sarah-ness of it all. <laughs> Sarah-ness, that's a new one. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for, for having me as a guest. I'm, I just feel so honored, so honored. Oh, well, I'm so happy to connect with you. So I know that you are an international goddess. Where in the world are you broadcasting from today? I am in Vero Beach, Florida. Ah. Yeah, it was, uh, we moved here from Vegas about, I think, eight weeks ago now. So we, we like to move ah. around. <laughs> and this okay. is where we were called <laughs> to explore. And it feels like it's very separate from from anywhere really it feels like a, a beautiful paradise <laughs> oh that's beautiful that you manifested yes. another paradise for yourself yes yes that's part of the um part of being a spiritual teacher is to find the locations that really resonate the most and sometimes they change when you're there and so then it's like okay spirit's calling me to be somewhere else right now so here i am <laughs> <laughs> yes, I so get that. I'm in Guyana, South America at the moment, uh, and I'm a New Yorker, so I completely okay. get that. I completely understand that. Mm -hmm. So today we're talking about your new book, Be the Love, which I am, be the love you want to see, be the love that you want to see in the world. Mm -hmm. What inspired this beautiful offering? Congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. So about three years ago now, I did a video. I partnered with a company called Goldcast, and they produce viral videos and it shared my story of surviving 10 years of domestic violence and that video was viewed and has been viewed by over 70 million people around the world and what it taught me what it showed me and revealed to me was that there is a deeper level and layer of understanding of people learning how to love themselves so the questions that I got and I got thousands upon thousands of questions and comments and the most resounding question was, Sarah, how do I begin to love myself? How do I learn to receive love after being in a toxic relationship? 
And so I, I realized that the video, even though it was viewed by over 70 million people, was very incomplete. And so that's when I felt that that call to, to write about it and to really go through the healing journey that it requires to manifest or unmanifest trauma and shame and all of the things that come along with the painful path. So love is really the, the remedy for anything that we go through in life. And, and what the book taught me, I wrote seven different drafts of this book because it revealed to me different layers of that onion that needed to be peeled back and healed. And it revealed to me a three-step process, which I call feel, heal, and reveal, that it's really in taking emotional responsibility that we build those bridges of communication that sometimes we, we want to burn those bridges, but really that's revealing the healing path to us. So it was, it was such a journey, but I'm, I'm very glad to be on the other side of it now. That is absolutely beautiful and very powerful. I have watched you share your experiences, the things that you've experienced, which you know have not always been easy. And it's not easy to even to find the language to talk about your own mm -hmm. trauma, you know. And this is a passion of mine because we are of the generation where we all heard, just love yourself growing up. You know, we're fortunate yeah. enough to have heard that, but no one ever told us how how to do so so there were there have been many different points in your personal story your personal journey where you thought that maybe things were had you know were coming to an end or things that had gotten very scary mm -hmm. particularly with being able to let's talk about walking away from that relationship Mm -hmm. I think this is an important conversation because many of the women in my community currently, my goddess community, are experiencing, you know, the, the ending of relationships, mm -hmm. uh, the, the realizing that the boundaries that they had, you know, are, are not what they are needing them to be. And this happens often as we are awakening to self. Can you share mm -hmm. with us a bit about that journey? Sure. So I tried to leave seven times in 10 years. And I don't know what kept me going back other than a lack of self-worth, a lack of believing that I was capable of taking care of myself, of standing on my own two feet. And I realized that that holds a lot of women back in a toxic dynamic from believing in themselves enough to go, you know what, this is my life. I'm no longer the person I was five years ago, even sometimes for, for some of us, it's even five minutes ago because we're, we're evolving so quickly. And so for me, it was, I took a very painful path uh, where I just kind of pushed the self-destruct button and I dismantled the marriage in a really difficult way. I had an affair, which I don't talk about very often, but it's part of the book. So I, I'm willing to speak about it. And I didn't want to create hurt and harm. And that created so much shame for me. So I compounded the shame. And what I can see now, you know, I'm 13 years out of the marriage now, you don't have to exit a relationship by, you know, creating drama or creating more pain. It doesn't have to be that way. But what you need to do is honor yourself every step of the journey. So if, if I could give myself any advice now for 29-year-old Sarah that walked away with nothing. I mean, I had nothing. I had two suitcases, two kids, and I had over $30,000 worth of credit card debt. And I didn't know how I was going to survive, but I just trusted that the journey would reveal itself to me. I took one day at a time, even though I felt broken. So I, I believe that joy and grief can simultaneously exist. And, and we can pull on the resources that we need when, when 
we take responsibility for our emotions. So for me, I kept my pain very private from my children so that they saw my single motherness <laughs> living below the poverty line as an adventure, you know, like everything, every day was an adventure. And so I learned how to um, really figure out what I wanted. And I think as women, and I'm sure with your goddess community, Figuring out what we want as women, as human beings, over and above the perceived roles and labels of what's expected is so incredibly important. And to, to do it in a way where we're serving our higher selves in a way that is nourishing on a spiritual level and not just society's expectations of what we are perceived as capable of achieving. Yes, yes, mm. absolutely. And nourishing on a spiritual level. Those are such, you know, potent, juicy words. Mm. And I, I want to just share with you that, as I said, I've been having this conversation a lot with several people. And, and I had this conversation with a family member, a beautiful family member recently, where I told her to give herself more grace as mm -hmm. she is, you know, in the stage of she's wanting to go back to the relationship and together we trace that just as far as we're aware we have 100 years of abuse in our family that we that are unacknowledged yes 100 years you know going back to my grandmother's experience that are unacknowledged and so having us having the courage as women to have these conversations so that everyone's just not in their pocket of loneliness and despair i think is essential Absolutely. And it, it requires from us the bravery to see the disowned parts of ourselves, especially when we are scrambling to seek safety, control or approval. And I, and I believe that that's what held me back. I just wanted that safety net. I wanted the approval. I didn't want the, you know, the other mothers at school to see me as anything less because I'd be a divorced woman. I mean, it's so ridiculous now that I look back on it, but it was really, it was all worth it. And what we don't realize at the time is that our pain transmutes into power when we're ready to see it as a gift. And, and that's what I was given. And what I didn't realize, though, was the layers of healing that it required, because going from one relationship that was really toxic into the most beautiful, soulful relationship with a man that was loving me unconditionally, I had to learn how to receive that. And along the way, I was still pressing that self-destruct button and I didn't even realize because the way that abuse works, and this was shared with me by a therapist, I've been through a lot of therapy over the years, but this really hit home that sometimes what uh, we believe is abusive or not abusive is because we've endured worse abuse. And so, I mean, that, that to me was such a, a mind opening point where it's like, well, I can't be violent with my words anymore. I can't be violent with my actions that I had to own the fact that I was the abuser and I was also the abused. And it was like a relay match where I was passing that on. And I realized that you have to break the cycle. Cycles, cycles can be broken. Cycles are beautiful and can serve us in so many ways, but they can also be broken to create new cycles of empowerment. Uh, cycles can absolutely be broken mm. and you are proof positive of that i want to just draw a line for people you know someone had emailed me like i said i emailed my tribe like an hour ago someone emailed <laughs> me back and i was i had mentioned 
mentioned your new book and they said, well, you know, how is Sarah talking about self-worth? I thought she was the manifestation person and it's all the same. So I would love yeah. for you to just draw the line between, you know, a conversation sure. around worthiness and mm -hmm. a conversation around manifesting the things that you desire. It's the same yeah. conversation. It really is. And a lot of people don't realize that, which is so exciting because there's so much opportunity around it. So I've been a manifestation teacher now for over a decade. I've worked with thousands of people all over the world. And so I started probably around seven years ago, I started seeing a very solid pattern that the way that we get in our own way is usually through self-sabotage of not feeling good enough. So I believe that self-sabotage and lack of worthiness are very close cousins. They're so closely related. And so when we can see the work that we have as a gift, as a way to remember the journey back to who we are versus who we're told we're supposed to be, this is where manifestation becomes simple, natural, and effortless. And it did for me as well, because you lower the stakes. It's not all about, you know, manifesting a fast car or a dream home or something like that. The manifestation is the awareness that you get to guide your reality with your emotions and your feelings. And that the feelings are the manifestation. It's not the feelings of the dream. It's the feelings of the dream home, not the dream home. So feeling worthy, though, is a massive journey if you don't know where to start. And that's why I wrote the book. It absolutely is. And even just talking about desire, mm -hmm. receiving, as you've been talking about, I remember when I had a, 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 you know, an experience of ending a marriage, you know, as a young woman also. And I remember that, you know, as I was coming back to myself, realizing that I didn't even know what I desired. Exactly. That the exactly. idea, I, I didn't know myself and know my own desires enough to know what it is that I desire. So if mm. someone is in that place, how do they come to terms, come, come, how do they learn, you know, what do I, what do I desire? Because, you know, they know the things that commercially that you're told you should desire. Okay, mm -hmm. sure, big house or this or that, but what do I really, what's my heart's desire? Mm. That's a great question. I believe it resides in how you spend your time and what you love doing, what lights you up from the inside. That, that inner glow. Uh, for me, I love writing so much and I could write for hours and then look up at the clock and the time's just gone, I, you know, hours could pass. And it's like, that's the, the infinite nature. That's the universe working through you. But to, to simplify it, it begins with tiny steps of just learning how to take care of yourself. And for many of us, uh, myself included, learning how to mother myself, that nourishing piece for some of us that had mothers that never had a great sense of self-esteem. I remember, and I love my mom. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure she won't see this interview and I'm pretty sure she won't mind me telling her, telling everyone this. But when I was five years old, she said, darling, do you think I need a facelift? <laughs> We're in London. And I said to my mom, what's a facelift? You know, I was five years old, but the tiniest seeds yes. can, can land. And you think, well, am I not good enough if I'm getting older? Am I not good enough if I'm not married or I'm not a certain body type or, you know, all, all of those things of not enoughness add up. And so when we can start to own and embody that we are enough exactly as we are, this is also, it, it loops back to manifestation as well, because you can't manifest what you don't accept and find gratitude for in the present moment. So we, there's just, there's endless possibilities. <laughs>
There How much time do we have? I could talk about it forever. <laughs> <laughs> there are absolutely endless possibilities. And um, you mentioned the receiving wound that when you, yes. you got into a relationship with your current beloved, that you had to learn how to receive. And I always believe firmly that how we do anything is how we do everything. So learning to receive love, learning to receive money, learning to receive, you know, something as simple yeah. as a compliment. Can you please speak to healing the I, the healing receptivity, the ability to receive. Hmm. Healing to receive is such a delicious journey because when you catch yourself in a receptive moment, you can deeply honor the, the history behind it, the, the cycle breaking, the, the infinite working through you to receive that. Because if you cannot receive compliments, for instance, let's just make it really simple. Like, oh, that's a beautiful dress you're wearing. Or, you know, you've got such beautiful eyes. Most people just brush it off or they go, oh, this old thing. Or, you know, they can't truly say thank you. Thank you for that. So gratitude and receptivity work so closely together. And when we learn how to do that and to go, thank you, I can receive this with gratitude, more will come to you. And it will strengthen your relationship with yourself first, which is the most important thing to then build that delicious bridge to have a beautiful, beloved relationship with somebody else. And it's, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. And in your book, you talk about, you know, the healing power of gratitude, mm -hmm. you know, you talk about in your book. And I remember when I was a teen and I read somewhere that Dr. Maya Angelou said, you know, no matter what happens, be grateful. And I remember at that mm -hmm. time thinking, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, you know, like as a <laughs> 17 year old or whatever, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And I didn't really grasp mm -hmm. the transformational power of gratitude. And so someone mm -hmm. could ask you and say to you, you know, you have been, you know, in an abusive relationship, you have, you know, dealt with being, you know, leaving a relationship with nothing but the clothes on your back. And, you know, how can you be grateful to that? Can you speak about gratitude, Sarah? Well, I wasn't grateful at the time. <laughs> and I mean, I've, I've got to make sure that people know that it's not about getting it perfect all the time. It really, it really isn't. There are some times where you're going to feel really out of place, right? And, and not feeling grateful for what's showing up in your reality. But the moments that you can catch yourself in something I call tiny gratitude is where you can begin to spark that momentum and build, build a foundational base to, to get bigger gratitude to come to you. So for me, uh, when I was a single mom living on welfare and I didn't know how I was going to eat, if I ate that day, that was something to be grateful for. My head hitting the pillow at night, knowing that I had survived another day, that I was grateful for. The ability to take my next breath, to read a sentence. Oh, there's so much to be grateful for that we, we kind of skim over because, you know, gratitude practice is having such a big moment right now. It's like, right, three things down that you're grateful for. And people are like, my family, my health, my, that's great. But take it back just a little bit, simplify it. Because what I have noticed and studied over the years is that the people that have, or the, the successful people that have a lot of wealth, they, they don't, I mean, it's about experiences. It's not about the accumulation of wealth. That's what it comes down to with success. So even a person that is a single mother living below the poverty line, like I was, can feel like the richest and most abundant person on the planet with the power of gratitude. But you just have to try it. Just 
you know, one, once or twice a day. And you'll notice that life will unfold for you in the most miraculous of ways. That's beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. You mentioned your children mm -hmm. and you talked about, you know, I say all the time, if we don't heal it, we pass it on. And I have oh, my yeah. baby daughter, you know, sleeping oh. next to me. And so, you know, she's three months old. And so this is an important conversation for me. So how did you, how, how did you, and how are you, you know, teaching your children this yeah. work, you know, conscious living and you know i love the way that you said that you made it an adventure you mm -hmm. know at the time i know that we have a lot of mothers in our audience well first up congratulations on your new baby that's so exciting is it boy or a boy or a girl a little girl rainbow baby yes oh, beautiful oh gosh i love new babies <laughs> what a magical time and it starts then it start well it starts prior to conception that we're calling these soul babies into existence and they all come out differently. <laughs> I've, had, I've had four children now and they are all very different in their ways of being receptive to, to information. So my two older children that were from my previous marriage, they have a very grounded belief in spirituality and creativity and manifestation. Uh, so for instance, I was out at a restaurant the other night and there was a wait time. And my daughter, who's 16, she said, mom, can you do your manifesting thing, please? And I'm like, well, I'll try my best. <laughs> but the, the little ones, like um, my youngest is five and Lulu is seven. It's it's, they've got it hardwired. It's almost like an unlearning that they go through when they get to teenagers, I think. And then they're finding their own path and their own way of deciphering the language of manifestation. And we all have different names for it. Um, but how I've done it is just leading by example. They know what I do for a living. They know that I write books and teaching people how to create something from nothing pretty much <laughs> and talking about the magic of the universe. And I, I think that however you can weave it in, whether it's mindfulness around the foods that they eat. Um, when we stay in a hotel or an Airbnb, my kids put their hands on the wall and they say, thank you for keeping a safe house. And it's like, it, it's, it's just about showing them how to do this and then thanking them for being here. Because I believe that it's a choice that these little ones came yes. to us, no matter how they come to yes. you, whether they're stepchildren or niece, nephew, Yes. Even pets, the same thing. Whoever shows up in your reality is a powerful teacher. And so the more we can reflect that love back to them by being the love, the title of the book, <laughs> the more we can create that ripple effect. And again, that's another reason why I chose to write Be the Love so that people could choose the path of love instead of the path of fear. Speaking of the, the path of love versus fear, you know, this is very profound. A lot of people are saying in the comments that, you know, they've been, they're, they're so grateful for this conversation that this, these themes have been coming up in their life recently. Mm -hmm. Someone has sent me a question ahead of time and she was wanting to know, you know, talking about love and love versus fear, mm -hmm. you know, that when you are in the moment of, you know, dealing with whether it's the relationship breakdown or the job loss or mm -hmm. a global pandemic or mm -hmm. whatever it is, how do you, you know, get back from the place of fear 
into choosing love when you're in the midst of it because you know people have all of these ideas of manifestation that if you have a negative thought yeah. you know the moment you have that thought it's now manifesting in your life and people are paranoid like okay you know how can i bring forward anything positive and loving mm -hmm. in my life when you know things around me the outside world is reflecting something different Oh, such a powerful topic. <laughs> it, it really is. And so many people can relate to that because of what we have just been through the last, well, how, however many centuries, how about we put it that way? <laughs> it's not just the last yeah. two years. It's There's always been the, the balance between the fear and the love. And again, it comes back to what I write about and be the love of feel, heal and reveal that you allow yourself to have that moment of fear. Because if we repress that fear, then it's going to come up in other ways. It's going to be an argument with the spouse. It's going to be creating drama at work. It's going to be, you know, taking it out on ourselves in dysfunctional ways. So allow yourself to feel that fear, cry it out, uh, embody it in physically, go for a walk, try and transmute the fear into something else so that you can lessen it and honor those feelings. It's okay to be afraid sometimes. It's okay to have a negative day. It's okay to feel like, you know, things aren't going okay, but just as long as you remember, and you can write it down on a sticky note or a piece of paper, that life is seasonal. Just because something isn't great right now doesn't mean it's always going to be that way. And, and look back at your life. I mean, we can all look back at our lives and go, we've moved through very difficult times to get to where we are today. And that, that's the beauty of balancing out love and fear. Yes. Yes, <laughs> the three-step <laughs> process, you know, feel, heal, and reveal. So what is the, so, okay, so we're feeling, mm -hmm. and then how do we heal and reveal? What's the reveal part of it? Sure. So healing is, healing's the awareness that you can heal. I believe that anybody can heal themselves emotionally, mentally, physically. And then the reveal component, and this is my favorite one, is that, oh, baby. <laughs> oh, um, the reveal. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful. Um, the reveal component is that the universe will then provide a path forward once you manage those two steps. So for instance, let's just say that you're having an, an argument with your spouse. And this is part of uh, the work that I went through writing Be the Love is that sometimes toxic patterns can emerge where we're not communicating effectively and we're expecting the other person to make us happy, right? <laughs> so many of us have uh, high expectations and say things like, well, you know, it's your responsibility to make me happy or you shouldn't behave like this. So my call to action here is to allow yourself to feel, own your emotions. You're the only one that's responsible for your emotions. Nobody else can make you feel any way at all. I tell my kids that all the time when they say, yes. you made me feel this way. And I'm like, uh-uh, you're choosing that. As sovereign beings, we have the faculty of choice. So choosing how to react doesn't mean that you're not entitled to get a little bit ticked off if, that, if that's what you, you feel like you need. But it's how you express that that either contributes to the relationship or contaminates the relationship. So we find ourselves at these choice points. And so when you feel, you have the choice point. And then when you heal, you're at that choice point because you've chosen your own path. You have chosen the path of self-responsibility. And then the universe rewards that bravery tenfold. I can't tell you how many people I've seen that have taken this three-step process and then this new path has been revealed to them of, 
oh my gosh, I feel so much closer to my husband because I'm not, I'm not shooting on him, you know, <laughs> and yes. just taking that away, not shooting on people is one of the most sacred acts of self-love that there is because you're not projecting any anymore. You're owning the parts of yourself that you, you know, might even keep hidden and that's okay. Yes. Yes, you said uh, that you, you've been sharing with your children, you know, that no one can make you feel anyway. And I found that, you know, children, children get that. Children are very receptive to that. Mm -hmm. But for a lot of adults, it's a very triggering thing when you point out to them that, <laughs> you know, that, well, you know, that we're, we're choosing at each point, you know, how we are reacting and mm -hmm. how we are, you know, dealing with things. And so... Yeah when people are doing this three-step process mm -hmm. is it how how does it look in your everyday life like how do you recommend that people do um, this process it's like installing a technology in your operating system in your heart and knowing that life is going to sometimes deliver difficult situations to you and i think the training ground is really when you do have a conflict with another human being that that really is the best and most blessed training ground <laughs> or when things just aren't going your way you can choose how to react and let's just say you get a speeding fine and ho hopefully no one out there does <laughs> but <We> most <laughs> people that would that would ruin their day right but what if you just saw that as an opportunity to manage your energy and take responsibility for maybe hey you did the wrong thing rather than thinking oh well that you know that shouldn't have happened uh, and it can happen in a variety of different ways from um, you know, people being kind to people, there's collective kindness exercises throughout the book, which I really wanted to include so that we connect with other people and remember that we're all in this together because the pandemic has isolated a lot of us and created a lot of fear. And so we need to almost relearn how to introduce ourselves into a more vibrant society of like-minded people where like does attract like. And that we can make some beautiful new friendships and create magical new memories. Um, yeah. Yes, yes. I love that there are those kindness exercises throughout the book because that is exactly what is needed at mm -hmm. this moment in order for us to reconnect. And so as I ask this last question, I want to open up for every anyone in the audience who has questions for Sarah, please. Uh, type them into the comments. Speak now or forever hold your goddess. <laughs> <laughs> and the question that I have for you is how do, and this is kind of, I guess, the culmination of everything that we have been talking about. How, if, if someone is feeling unworthy of manifesting their desires, or, you know, combining, you know, your work up until now, plus this new book, if they, if they are feeling unworthy, period, of, 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 of allowing in, of manifesting, what, what do they do? What is the bridge to be the love? <laughs> well, I so, guess the question yeah. is, there you go. <laughs> Self-compassion, ease up on yourself. And it is about cultivating awareness. So when those mean thoughts pop into your mind, which they do for so many of us, we just learn how to redirect them. We learn how to create a new path of awareness. So let's just say you're not feeling the best or you're, you're not performing at your best. Just ease up, lower the stakes, right? There's no rush. We're here for the experience of being human, not to get everything right or to get everything done. <laughs> and I mean, we're only here for, for such a small amount of time, 100 years if you're lucky. And so yes. the more time we waste 
trapped in our own limiting, limited thinking and limited beliefs, then just see it that way. This will come as a wake up call or what some call a spiritual awakening, which happens and you'll know it because so many people that have been through a spiritual awakening have gone through a season of feeling unworthy and they, they travel very closely together. And sometimes they simultaneously travel together. I go through it still a majority of the time. It's a maintenance program though, and being willing to do the work and then to reflect self-reflection, self-compassion is where the path to worthiness begins. Thank you so much for that lesson of self-compassion, you know, and especially, you know, with dealing with dark nights, you mm-hmm. know, um, so, <laughs> so goddess Samantha's question is what part does forgiveness play? Oh, well, <laughs> that's probably like a five hour <laughs> yeah. conversation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> forgiveness is gradual. And the key with forgiveness is that it's also not about forgetting because you learn so many exquisite boundaries through the art of forgiveness. So I get asked the question a lot, well, did you forgive your ex-husband for the abuse? And I did. I write about that in Be the Love, that it wasn't an easy journey and it didn't happen. It didn't happen quickly. It probably unfolded over a decade long experience where we had to become different people to meet each other in the middle and to see that we transmuted our pain into power for a reason. And so people go through horrific things and there's a difference though between having a victim mentality versus being a survivor and that's where forgiveness is birthed because you again it it brings it back to choice points just like you have a choice point when you have a mean thought coming up of I'm going to choose self-compassion when you feel like a poor me or a why did this happen to me? And I can't forgive that person. And I don't wish them very well. Just let it go. Because if you have to forgive somebody and they're, hold, they're renting space in your heart and in your mind, then they're still there. You don't want to carry that vibrational energetic frequency. You want it to be clean. So the more you can like disconnect and honor yourself, the forgiveness will take care of itself. But for, forgive yourself too. So many of us carry around feelings of shame and unworthiness. Forgive yourself. Ease up, lower the stakes. Forgive yourself. I think that that is a beautiful place to leave it, Goddess Sarah. And so please let people know where to find Be the Love and, you know, if there are any closing thoughts or anything else that you would like them to know about this beautiful book. Oh my goodness. Thank you. I can't wait to share it with as many people as possible. Uh, So Be the Love, you can get your copy from anywhere you can buy books, but I'm giving away a free seven track meditation album that's worth $111. And you can go to sarahprout.com slash be the love and just enter your receipt number and I'll make sure that you get that meditation and closing thoughts just gratitude thank you so much for having me here with you Abiola it was so great to connect with you and to see your baby too that was such a treat (laughs) (laughs) beautiful energy so thank you so much thank you so much goddess Sarah I look forward to connecting in the future and possibly even collaborating there's so much magical yes and we appreciate this message of being the love thank you so much for everyone who showed up for this conversation and we will see you on the on the on the love train goddess Sarah have a beautiful day (laughs) thank you you too Bye. bye